I tell folks now, listen, how many of you have a barn or a garage or something like that? Raise your hand. All right. Listen, if you'll get that CD, put a, a CD player out there, turn that CD on, right, right, mice, rats, all of that, it'll take care of them. Amen. Amen. No, I, I do enjoy singing and uh, I appreciate it. Uh, the, I, I do have accompaniment uh, on the CD, but uh, I, I, you know, I never have sung with uh, tapes and stuff. So just, I, I just sing a cappella and, uh, and uh, amen. So, all right, take your Bibles if you would. Acts chapter 11 this morning. Hey, how many of y'all glad you're saved? Amen. amen. Man, isn't it good to be in church? Aren't you glad you're saved? Boy, it is so good to be around the people of God. I enjoy it. Hey, thank you to those that uh, uh, were an encouragement after Sunday school. I hope that is a help to you and hope that you'll uh, uh, use that to uh, be a help to yourself and to your pastor. Amen. Acts chapter 11. If you have that, let's stand in honor of the reading of the word of God. If you're able... If not, that's fine. Acts chapter 11, I'm going to start reading in verse 19. Acts chapter 11 and verse 19. Let's see. If you have that, say amen. Wave at me, do something. Let me know you got it. You got it? If you have a Bible, it'll say this. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch Preaching, to, uh, preaching the word to none, but unto the Jews only. If you remember, uh, during Jesus' ministry, he had told them to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It was not until after the resurrection that he gave us the command to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So, uh, though uh, he had made the Great Commission really clear after his resurrection, they are still, uh, if you will, kind of in rebellion. They are still just preaching to the Jews when he told them, I want you to go to every creature, all right? Uh, verse 20, and some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. Now the Grecians, in, in this uh, uh, instance, I believe, are Gentiles. They're not the uh, Jewish uh, Greeks that uh, Grecians had been referred to before, but these are Gentile Greeks, all right? And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he is a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Well, not, not a, 
uh, unfamiliar passage. Probably most of us know the passage here. Probably most of us know the story of the church there in Antioch, how it was really uh, where we get much of our uh, uh, missions uh, uh, emphasis, if you will, for churches and getting the gospel around the world. And this church at Antioch was the one where uh, Paul and Barnabas was sent out and then uh, Paul and Silas are sent out. So I want to just look at this passage for a little bit this morning. I want to preach on this. What is Christian living? It says they were called Christians here first in Antioch. So what is Christian living? Let's pray and then we'll look at the message. All right, Father, thank you so much again for the opportunity to be able to be in your house. Lord, to be able to stand and to preach the word of God. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity. I need the help of the Holy Spirit of God. I'm dependent upon you today. Lord, please, I, I, without you, I can do nothing. And so I, I just ask you, please, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Direct the thoughts of my mind and the speech of my mouth. Then, God, that you would give your people the fullness of the Holy Spirit, that they might have hearing ears and an understanding heart. God, we just, we, we declare today, we, we are desperate people. Lord, can I be honest? I, I don't like, and I think probably most of us would agree, we don't like the direction that our nation or this world's taken. It is away from you and has a hatred of you and of the things of holiness and righteousness. God, we are desperate for a people that are truly Christian in this hour. Help me as I preach now. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. You can be seated. I want us to understand first that uh, in this passage, it was not the believers there at Antioch that began to call themselves Christians. In fact, it was those that were mocking them that, that began to use that term. They, they were not walking around saying, hey, I'm, I'm a Christian. But in fact, it was the opposite. It was the uh, folks that, that were the enemies, the uh, detractors, the mockers, if you will, that they began to watch the people there at Antioch. And they knew their preaching. They knew that they were following Jesus who had claimed to be the Christ. And so they began to mock them and call them Christian. Christian being this, Christ-like. They began to make fun of them. Oh, those Christians over there. Uh, not just believers, but these folks lived in a way that, uh, listen, they, they saw them, the, the folks at Antioch saw their lifestyle. And because of what they saw, they called them Christians. And so I, I want us to have a good understanding of that. Now, let me, if I could, just look at in the times that we're in. Folks, I, I believe there are people that are looking for true Christians people that are, that are real in, in lifestyle and not just speech. 
Well, let's be honest, there's a lot of, uh, oh, what's a good term for it? Just a, a, a lot of folks that, that, it, that it's just lip service. It's not really a true lifestyle uh, of being a believer. Uh, and and I, I guess one of the things that I, I really believe is this, folks. Man, they ought to be able to, uh, I don't know, look at us and, and ought to see real Christians. Uh, they, they, they ought to be able to, listen, and, and, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I, I want us to understand, just because you're a believer, and please hear me out, just because you're a believer does not mean you are a Christian. First uh, Corinthians chapter three is real clear that there are those that are carnal. That that they're they're still though they are saved, though they are believers in the Lord Lord Jesus Christ, their lives are still more wrapped up in this world than they are in the things of God. They, they are still carnal in their, in their lifestyle. Uh, they are still worldly. Uh, they still follow, uh, if you will, the, the trends and fashions of the world rather than following the, the things of purity and holiness with God. Uh, you can tell it by uh, their music. Uh, sometimes you can tell it by the places they go. Uh, and so I want us to understand as they, as they looked at that crowd, they saw people that, that were Christian, not just believers, but they were Christ-like. And I, I'm, I'm, I believe because of the hour that we're in, in our nation, and man, we kind of talked about it a little bit in Sunday school, but I, I don't know about you, I, I just, I don't like the direction our nation's headed, the, 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 Things that are going on in our nation are, man, I think I said this probably last time I was here, but understand this, folks. The, the, the problem in our nation is a spiritual problem. The problem is not with the government, though it is openly corrupt. And I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican. They're, they're both corrupt. Uh, I, I would much rather conservative policies be followed. But, but can I say this to some of you? See, Donald Trump cannot rescue our nation. There's not one policy that he or any other Republican can enact that will rescue our nation from the direction we're headed. And, and though I am for conservative politics, politics is not the answer for our nation. See, the problem is a spiritual problem. And, and we need to understand that because of this, folks. The lost crowd's not the problem. See, they are doing what they've always done. They, they, they have not changed. You want to know the crowd that's changed? 
See, it's the saved crowd. You, you great heads, you understand what I'm saying. If you've been saved any time, I'm telling you, what, what we see today in churches would not have flown back when I got saved, and that was just in 81. And I know growing up a kid, as a kid, I was born in 58, and, and growing up, we were in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. I can remember going to tent meetings that were six weeks long. Try that today. See how much support you get. Say amen right there. See, the saved crowd used to want to be in church. Saved crowd used to like preaching. Saved crowd used to want to be around the Bible. They enjoyed singing the songs of Zion. And today they... and. It, 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 not saying this church, but there are many so-called churches. And by the way, just just cause a place has a sign out front says church doesn't mean it is. But many of them want to bring the rock and roll lifestyle into the house of God, and uh, they want to. And I, I you know get rid of their choirs and get them a praise team and do the dish rag twist, amen. I still got to move, brother. That's a... I'm in trouble now. <laughs> Love offerings just cut in half. <laughs> he said, <laughs> he said, what love offering? <laughs> amen. Uh, but, but we have, we've changed. And we're the problem in America. It's not the lost crowd. And see, I, I'm convinced that crowd out there want to see some real Christians. I, I, I believe that. They... And listen, there are many today that claim the name Christian, but they are at best Laodicean type believers and at worst religious zealots that know not whereof they speak. Amen. A few verses I, I think that help define Christians are verses like this, Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Verses like Philippians 1.21. For me to live is Christ. Uh, how about this one? Exodus 20. In verse 7, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. See, a lot of times we, we think of that as being, uh, you know, you're not supposed to use the Lord's name in some kind of curse word. Well, can I say that word vain is this, uh, to 
use someone's name in a way that shows a lack of respect. You take his name, but then you live in a disrespectful way. You're taking his name in vain. So I'm just, first understand this. You cannot get to heaven based on how you live. Now we know that. If you're saved today, you did not get saved by living a good life. You didn't get saved by baptism. You didn't get saved by church membership. You're not going to heaven because you turned over a new leaf. If you're going to be saved, if you're going to get born again, you're going to spend eternity in heaven is because you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ and what He did on that old rugged cross and shedding every drop of His precious blood for us. That's our only hope for heaven today. There's no way that we could take a dirty dish and a dirty rag and clean ourselves up. We are ungodly, unholy, vile, wicked in our lifestyle. And our only hope is in Jesus Christ. I want us to see this morning, so once we get saved, once we trust Christ as saved, once we're born again, now what is Christian living? If the world's going to look at us and see something real... What is it that they should see? Let me give us several things. First, if you would, take your Bible, Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. If you would, look down to verse 7. Isaiah 43, 7, it says this, Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him, y'all help me, what's the next three words? For my glory. Christian living is living in a manner as to bring glory to God. Glory to God. Understand, man, as I, I think on that, this is, in my mind, this is what that means. That, that as people look at me in my life, they're to look to him and say, he did that. See, it's not about me. He did that. I can't do that. See, that, let's be honest this morning. If we did not know the Lord Jesus Christ, we would be not here. Be out on the lake, maybe out camping somewhere, sitting in front of the TV, maybe down at the beer joint. Amen. See, but the truth is, because of what he did, they can look and See something real. Let's look at a few verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. 
I, I believe these are familiar verses. This one's very convicting to me, I have to be honest. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. And I, I can I be honest with you this morning, that the first part of that verse is very convicting. Whether for ye eat or drink. I, I don't I, I preach against Coke because I drink Dr. Pepper. Amen. <laughs> Now, yesterday I had to drink Coke because they did not have Dr. Pepper. I thought, that's, how awful. But let, let's be honest. Much of our lifestyle is not what it ought to be. I mean, God said down to the, to the basics of life. Everything that you do is to glorify me. Even down to what you eat, what you drink, that's to glorify me. I don't know about you, but that's pretty tough. Because that, that, that means this, that, see, I don't belong to myself. See, in all truth, he says what? Know ye not that your body the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you which ye have of God and ye are not your own for ye are bought with a price therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit that's your, that's your mental disposition if you will which are God's your attitude you ever how many of y'all ever woke up grumpy should have left her alone amen that's a no, no, that's, I'm in trouble now. See, see we, we do, we, we, we do that. We, we think that somehow, you know, so-and-so said something and they did something and, and it was, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And now all of a sudden, because they did that, I got a bad attitude and God's all right with it. I don't think so. Amen. I, I mean, we do. We, I, I mean, we, we are a moody people. How many of y'all are married? How many of y'all don't argue? See, you, you put... Can I, can I be honest? That I'd be all right in preaching. Amen. Men and women don't think alike. Amen. I knew I'd get plenty of amens right there. E even the ladies are, amen. Fellas, they have not figured out how we think yet. Amen. God hadn't even figured out how ladies think yet. But we do, we, 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 it's easy to cross paths. And, and, you know, because she thinks emotionally, and, and ladies, please don't, God made you like that, all right? 
There is nothing wrong with you thinking emotionally as long as you keep that in control under God's authority. And we think logically as men. Now, sometimes our logic is, doesn't add up with God's logic. Amen. Ladies, I gave you open license to say amen right there and y'all blew it. But, but that's the truth. And, and we get, man, we'll get crossways with one another and all of a sudden, man, you're walking on eggshells around the house. Say amen right there. Now, how many of y'all think that glorifies God? See, that's not Christian living. And of all places that ought to be a haven kind of like heaven, ought to be our homes. It, it, it should be. It ought to be a little bit of heaven on earth. Listen, I, I love my wife. I'm going to be careful this time. I, I love my wife. And, and when I... When I <laughs> Go home, uh, I, I want it to be, you know, a place of peace and joy and all that kind of, amen. But she don't think like I do. And, and her idea of peace and joy ain't always my idea of peace and joy. And so there's, brother, y'all look like y'all been together a little while. Does it always work out? <laughs> They're laughing up here. <laughs> but, but folks, down to our bodies belong to him. Our attitudes belong to him. Down to brother Mike. What we eat and drink belongs to him. See, Christian living is this. It's to glorify him. See, yeah, again, I, get, I told him in Sunday school I'm a retarded Texan, all right? I don't think like everybody else, okay? But see, I don't think you can put a label on a can of beer that says Christian beer and it be all right all of a sudden. But there is a crowd today, and that, that is coming in churches, man, where they think it's all right to, to drink alcoholic beverages. Where did that come from? I mean, I'm, I'm from the Houston area, all right? And, and about 35 miles south is Galveston, Texas. How many of y'all have heard of Galveston? It's an island down there. It's in the Gulf of Mexico. It's, it's beach territory. Well, after I got saved, see, now y'all forgive me. I didn't get saved till I was 23. So in high school and stuff, we'd skip school, go down to Galveston. Go, we call them surfing. It waves about that big. You can't really surf, but. But after I got saved, I couldn't go to Galveston because there's bear season down there. They ain't got no furry animals. But they bear. And they bear a lot. 
And that does not glorify God. See, even the way we dress is to glorify God. They're to look at us and say, Christ-like. Christ-like. Man. And what we eat, what we drink, the way we dress, our speech, our attitudes, our actions, every bit of it, living in a manner as to bring glory to God. Why? Because I'm crucified. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. That deals with the anger, the rebellion, the pride. How about this one, the self-pity? Let's go on. James chapter 4 and verse 7. What's Christian living? The Bible says here in James 4, 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Say this, living in a manner as to be submitted to God. To, to, to submit is this, yield to the authority or the will of another. How many of y'all have figured out this in the Christian life? We're to die to self. We're to die to self. We are to be submitted to His will. What, what does God want from my life? I'll be honest with you, as I was growing up, again, I grew up in a Christian home, and though I had uh, grown up in a Christian home, at 16, I rebelled against my parents. I quit going to church. Uh, I started to live a lifestyle that I wanted to live. In my mind and heart, I'll be honest, I wanted to be a bass fisherman. That's what I wanted to do for my life. I, I, I love to bass fish still, and I, 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 I mean, I, I, that's what I wanted to do. Get on the BASS circuit and go bass fishing, well... God kind of interrupted my plans. To be honest, I, I was 23 years old. I had scheduled my first tournament on a Sunday. The Monday before that scheduled tournament, I got saved. Now, y'all help me out. Where is saved folks supposed to be on Sunday? I got saved on Monday, and it was a two-man tournament. I had to call my partner, and I said, hey, I can't go fishing this weekend. He, he said, what? I said, I got saved. He said, what? <laughs> See, let's be honest. We know what Christian living is. We know we ought to be down at the house of God on Sunday, because we're to be submitted to His will, not our own. Hey, by the way, have you ever noticed there, all of us know that Hebrews 10, 25, if you would turn back over there real quick, just a few pages back. We, we know it says this, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, 
but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We know it teaches you to be in the house of God. But, but I want you to back up to verse 24 and let's put a little context to it if we could. Notice what he says. Let us consider ourselves. Is that what your Bible says? Huh? It doesn't say that? Let, let's, let, me, let me read what it does say. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. What's that next little grammatical symbol there? It's a colon. I have to be honest, I'm not a big English major. I did not do well in English in high school and didn't like it in Bible college either. But I know that that little colon there tells me, it is fixing to tell me how I can provoke one another to love and good works. How do I do that? By not forsaking the assembling of myself together. Have you ever thought about this? When you're not here, it affects others. You ever, you ever, stop and have you done this? Well, I'm not going to go to church today, so let me think. How, how's that going to affect everybody else? That's what it says we're to do. By the way, that's submitting to the will of God. It says, let us consider one another. That's God's will. And so, before you miss church, you're to consider everybody else here first. How is it going to affect them? And I get it, man. I got a headache. I think I'll just stay home. I, I, I've got an ingrown toenail. I, I think I'll just stay home. Can I be honest? There are legitimate times, all right? No doubt. There are legitimate times that, that y if you have a fever, don't come down here and spread it. Amen? Ladies, if your baby has green snot running out of orifices, don't bring them down here. Amen? Don't do that. Hey, say amen right there. I told y'all I was a retarded Texan. But, but this is the thing. Before you miss, why don't you ask how it's going to affect somebody else instead of just how it's going to affect you. See, this is the thing. You and I don't belong to ourselves. We're to submit to His authority and His will. Let me, let me just give us one more verse there. Turn back to Romans chapter 6. Or, or a passage, I guess, if I could. And, and I'll move on. And we're, we're almost done, y'all. Y'all just hang on. Romans 6, 17. We're talking about now living in a manner as to be submitted to God. This is what the Bible says. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and iniquity unto iniquity, so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. 
For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Can I say, Christian, you do not have to be a servant of sin anymore. When you and I sin as Christians, it's because we choose to. The lost crowd cannot help it. They are captive to sin. You and I are no longer the servants of sin. We're the servants of righteousness. We're free from that sin. We are not held by its bondage. We live by grace, which is the strength of God, and through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. So we're to live in a way that is submitted to the will of God. We're to live in a manner as to have a certain standard or ethic set by God. If you would, Romans chapter 8. Verse 29, for, we, for whom he did foreknow, them he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Can I say, let me, let me this an area, I'm telling you, where we, we, have, we have left the things of Christian living is in this area of standards. And, and I, I'm not here today to uh, tell you what your standards ought to be. But I am here to tell you this. Your standards ought to be set by biblical conviction. So you're to look at this book and as you read it, uh, allow the scriptures to set the principles that you live by. And those convictions, those standards, or those convictions are to set standards in your life. I was talking about Galveston a while ago. I had to quit going. Why? Because of the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh. See, I could not go. If I go down to Galveston now, my eyes are drawn to that bear. And fella, if you're, if you're going to tell me yours aren't, I'd say this, you're a liar. And you ought to have a biblical conviction saying, I am not going to go where they are dressing in a fashion that is ungodly. I'm going to set a standard in my life that says, Honey, you and I ain't going to Galveston. You're, you're welcome. I'm not going down to the local pool. And I'm not going to the... To the uh, I don't even know what to call it, to the place where they uh, have the big water slides and all that stuff. I'm not going. Because see, the lust of my flesh and the lust of my eyes keep me out of the will of God when I'm there. Amen. Hey, do y'all get it? We, we, man, I know I'm meddling now. I'm kind of... I'm stirring the pot, but I, I still believe I'm preaching what God's put in my heart this morning. Folks, the way we dress counts. They look at us. 
And the world knows what we're to be. You ever notice when you got saved that the world pulled out their spiritual magnifying glass and began to look at your life real close? And they knew better than you how Christians ought to live. And when they caught you not living as a Christian, they'd point it out. Uh-huh, see, see, I knew you wasn't real. See, there, folks, whether we like it or not, see, our lives don't belong to us anymore. We're to be submitted to the will of God. And because of that, see, now to glorify Him, to submit to Him, we have to set some standards in our life. Standards that are against our flesh. I'm going to tell you. See, I'd like to be fishing this morning. I like it, Miss Molly. I love that tug on the end of that line. How many of you fellas like that? Huh? He's saved, he's saved. Amen. Say, Yeah. But can I say we don't get to go on Sunday? Now, you're really going to hate me here. I don't even get to go on Saturday. It's Bible handout day. Back home, Bible handout day is Tuesday morning and Tuesday night. I don't get to go on Tuesdays either. Why? I have a standard set. Standard says I belong to God. And God's will comes first. And so when, when pastor says it's work day, Everything else put to the side. Not enough of y'all said amen right there. I'm going to park for a little while. See, have y'all figured this out? All of y'all have talents and abilities and gifts. They belong to God. And they're to be used down here to take care of this place. Somebody's got to mow. Somebody's got to clean carpet. Somebody's got to clean toilets. Man, those amen, what is going on? It's the truth. That's Bible, folks. We're, we belong to Him. And so, so, you know, there are certain things that we have to do because I'm not, I'm a Christian now. I'm not just a believer. See, I'm a Christian. If I'm going to be a Christian, then I have to have some standards that are guiding principles in my life that says this is the way I'm going to live. It rubs my flesh the wrong way because I want to go fishing. My pastor and I bought a bass boat. We did. We bought a bass boat. He was talking to me the other day he said, what do you think about selling it? I said, might as well. We don't ever go. In June, we planned five days to go fishing together. Five days. You know how many we went? Zero. We were too busy. The work of God comes first. I want to go fishing. Leave me alone. But, but things kept coming up that were more important in the will of God. And, and because of a standard set in my life, if I'm going to be real, then I have to say to God, 
Yes, sir. And my flesh don't like that sometimes. But but I'm a Christian. Now let me let me let me close. Christian living is living in a manner as to do those things that are taught by God. See, it's not just lip service. And far too many times, that's what Christian living is. It's just lip service. We, we say one thing, but then we do another. Folks, that's not Christian living. He, remember, I used it during Sunday school. Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. To observe means this, to do. See, the Christian life is a working life. There is a work to be done for God. See, had not some people said yesterday and Friday, you know what, I may want to do something else, but I'm going to the Bible handout. There would be some people still headed for hell had somebody not submitted themselves. Some, let's be honest, some did this. All they did was come and hold up Bibles out by the street. I, I was looking there as a young man driving down the, or riding his bicycle down the street. And he had a fishing pole in his hand. And I'm thinking, I'm with him. But I'm looking at him, and I don't know. He, he was a, I, I'm, I'm guessing, maybe, I, I don't know, 13, 14 years. But he's riding his bicycle. I, I, I did like this. Because I'm always waving at folks at the Bible handout. But I'm like this. Come here. He's on the other side of the street. So he does. He comes over here. And I notice before he comes and talks to anybody, he's got a buddy behind him on a bicycle about a quarter mile. He's waving at him. Come over here. So they come across there, and I, I believe it was Brother Mike that talked to those two young men. Both of them got saved. Now all I did was wave. But can I say, I still got some fruit to my account. Can I say that crowd that is just out there holding that Bible up? has some fruit to their account. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Man, it's just doing. It's just doing. That's what Christian living is. Living in a way as to bring glory to God. Living in a manner as to be submitted to God. Living in a way as to have a certain standard or ethic set by God. And living in a way do those things taught by God. Now let me ask this in closing. Who are you living for? Who are you living for? 
and how are you doing? Let's stand our feet. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, let me ask you this morning, are you living for God or are you living for self? As others look at your life, do they see Christ or do they see you? How are you doing today? Can I say this is in the hour that we're in, this important topic? Because they are watching us out there. And it is a desperate hour for us that they see people that are real. Paul said this, follow me as I follow Christ. Can you say that same thing? By the way, Paul's just a man. No different than you and I. Can you say to others, follow me as I follow Christ? With our heads bowed and eyes closed, let me ask you first, are you saved today? If you died today, do you know for sure heaven's your home? By the way, not asking about baptism, not asking about church membership. I'm asking, you know there's a time in your life when you realized you, was, you had sinned against a holy God? That you were headed for hell and you were guilty and deserved to go to hell. But you asked Christ for forgiveness and asked Him to save you. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up by way of testimony? Preacher, I'm saved. No doubt about it. If I died today, heaven's my home. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Anybody be honest today, preacher? I'm not sure about that. But I know this. I want to go to heaven. Preacher, please pray for me. Is there anybody like that? You'd raise your hand. Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. Please pray for me. All right. Now, how many of you would say this? God spoke to my heart this morning. Some area of the message, maybe just something else, but God spoke to you. If that's you, would you lift your hand this morning? Now in Sunday school, we've talked about this. When God speaks to you, you respond to Him. Can I ask you to do this? If God spoke to you, don't you let that be a one-sided conversation. You come down to an old-fashioned altar and you talk to Him this morning. Please do that. Father, we bow before you. Ask you to speak to hearts. Many have already acknowledged you have spoken to them. God, help them to come to an old-fashioned altar and respond to you. To acknowledge that you spoke to them. Lord, maybe they need to make new commitments or renew some old vows. Whatever it is, God, please use the message now. We pray in Christ's name. As the piano plays, if you need to come, come on.